At over 200 miles per hour, the car rips around the corner. The driver focused on the track ahead. On the sidelines, the team monitors the run. Not with binoculars, but observing a digital model on the screen. Real-time information about the car is being sent back to them via multiple sensors. This includes everything from speed to energy output to the vibrations. When the car finishes its lap, it's clear that it was a good run, but it could be better. The collected data is key to winning the upcoming race season and not being left in the dust. Formula One is one of many industries adopting digital twin technology. Because when you better understand how something operates, you can make better decisions. And we're moving into a world that is continuously tying the virtual into the real. I'm Jacqueline Swan, and this is Technality, a podcast that explores how technology is shaping our future. Today, I'm looking at how real-time digital models can help us build better cities. Meet Mark Enzer. I'm a strategic advisor within Mott McDonald. Originally, I was a process engineer, and I found the way that process engineers are taught to think is uh, really useful for all sorts of other things, apart from uh, designing processes for the water industry, specifically because uh, we're taught to start with the end in mind. It's all about the outcomes, and then you kind of work out what you need in place to get an outcome. When I'm looking for guests, I find them one of two ways. Either they're a person who comes across my radar as doing something remarkable, or I find a project I want to talk about and try to get in contact with the people driving it forward. In this case, I found Mark Enzer through the Centre for Digital Built Britain, a government-funded program that aimed to see how the construction sector could use a digital approach to building the city. Um, so one of the most recent uh, ones that I was working on, which I think is uh, is really fun, is something that we called the National Digital Twin Programme. So this is based in the UK. It was all about developing a national digital twin. That isn't one massive model of everything. We saw it as an ecosystem of connected digital twins. And the whole idea of it is to deliver better outcomes for people and society and nature. The thing I was just talking about in terms of starting with outcomes in mind, uh, but then seeing how we can use connected digital twins to understand the system better and then intervene more effectively. By this point, you probably have a vague idea of what a digital twin is, but what exactly is it? The concept of a digital twin dates back to 1991. David Gelertner, a computer science professor at Yale, theorized it in his book Mirror Worlds, or The Day Software Puts the Universe in a Shoebox, How It Will Happen and What It Will Mean. He imagines that we'll be able to look at a screen and see real-time traffic movement or explore the world in realistic depth, all without ever needing to leave our bed. Gelertner predicts it will eventually become like a high-tech voodoo doll, interact with the digital model, and you'll affect change in the real world. There's actually loads of definitions going on out there. And um, I would really prefer to stay away from just a kind of a one sentence definition and, and go more for a description. The way I would describe a digital twin is that uh, it enables you to make a connection between the digital world and the physical world. Uh, and so if you imagine the physical thing, the thing that you're trying to uh, understand better, and that could be an asset or a process or a system. Uh, but then you can now imagine a digital version of that thing. 
Uh, and what's clever about a digital twin is that it takes data from the real thing, um, generates insight so that you can make better decisions, uh, and then drive intervention, some kind of real physical intervention back in the real world. So I, I think the crucial thing about digital twin is this two-way connection, um, a connection from the real world into digital of data, a data flow, and then a connection back again from the digital world into the physical world um, of some kind of intervention. That for me is the essence of it, a two-way connection, data going one way and an intervention going the other. A really interesting definition of it, and I like that you're not just trying to keep it into a one-size-fits-all for what this technology is actually doing. So, yeah, Jack, I think you're exactly right to pick up on this point about it not being one-size-fits-all. I think that's, uh, that's a really key part of this. It's to realize that there can be many different digital twins for many different purposes. They'll come in many different shapes and sizes. Uh, but I think the thing that maybe unifies them all is that not only do you have this uh, connection of data going one way, intervention going the other way, but, but a core part of their purpose is to help us make better decisions faster. And that's where we get the value from, from digital twins. But you can imagine um, digital twins all over the place for different things. So for example, um, you could imagine a digital twin of an individual asset, like a, a digital twin of a train could help you to understand the operation of that individual train to, for example, um, realize when it needs maintenance, before it needs maintenance and help you make better maintenance decisions. And I know I've been on trains before when uh, we've all been asked to get off the train and get onto the platform because uh, one of the doors has broken. And uh, you can kind of imagine that if there's a sensor that is listening out for those doors, a kind of an acoustic sensor, and it understands what the acoustic signature of that door should be. And as soon as it uh, deviates from that uh, defined acoustic signature, um, then it shows up some kind of warning. And that could be part of a digital twin of the train, helping you to understand its operation, make these better maintenance decisions. So it doesn't break down at the station. I don't have to get out. So, so that would be you know, a simple example. And there would be many of those. You can imagine that across the whole of our infrastructure, you know, digital twins of trains or of power stations or of uh, water treatment works. You, know, you can imagine that. A real-time model of how our society functions is invaluable data. Data that can help us improve our approach to building and running our society. Of course, as we've seen in the past, this data can also be misused. After the break, we dive into the use of digital twins in the metaverse, their current place in our lives, and what an up-to-date understanding of our infrastructure means for our future. The metaverse. Not Zuckerberg's idea of it, but what it's historically been. In sci-fi, the metaverse is a single, universal world that immerses users in a virtual space, usually through VR and AR, and there's a heavy focus on social interaction. We're starting to see the beginnings of this reality, and I'm sure you can imagine how real-time models of our society could tie into this future. I see the metaverse really as being the sum of all digital worlds, and there are some digital worlds where people will go to play. Yeah, and, and that's that's kind of what, what we're being sold at the moment, I think, in the metaverse. But there's also the digital worlds where we go to work. And there's going to be these engineering digital worlds uh, where we, we go to make better engineering decisions and, and make uh, make the world a better place for us. What we're talking about with digital twins 
and connected digital twins is the useful end of the metaverse. It's it's where it will really matter and where it will deliver value for us um, as people, but not just for us people, but also for the planet, making better decisions. We can kind of live better with nature. I think this is something that actually matters and it's where the metaverse turns into something really useful. I really love that idea of it being the sum of all digital worlds because I think you're correct in perceiving the metaverse as that. I think that's historically what it's been seen as until Zuckerberg kind of came along with his metaverse. I'm kind of interested though in hearing about the uh, Digital Built Britain project and just how like in this case you applied the concept of a digital twin to Britain. As you said, it wasn't this all-encompassing mapping process but you used you said like ecosystems yeah that's that's key to it i would love for you to kind of explain the project and the outcomes of it and then we'll move into kind of where it can be applied in the future after the national digital twin uh, program in the uk was a really exciting application of uh, of what we've been talking about and i think a large part of of what we've discussed so far is, is just digital twins and they're they are fun you, you know there's no question about it <laughs> they offer this amazing amount of value and they're fun but those are just individual digital twins and i think what we conceptualized with the national digital twin program is the idea of of getting digital twins to talk to each other and creating an ecosystem of connected digital twins because you can imagine that each individual digital twin has its own value, helping you to make better operational decisions for that train that I mentioned, uh, or for energy systems. But then you can take it to another level of imagining what would happen if those digital twins can talk to each other. And I think a good example of this is uh, for things like electric vehicles. Because if you've got loads of electric vehicles kind of swarming around the place, you can ask the question, is that really part of the transport system or part of the energy system? You know, particularly if we're starting to use electric vehicles um, for the, the, the batteries that they carry around. And sometimes uh, it'd be useful to have them plugged into the energy system to, uh, to, you know, to take some excess energy and, and be batteries for a while uh, as, as part of the energy system. What that points to is is the real value um, of having um, an energy system digital twin talking to a transport system digital twin. But that's only one connection. You know, we can imagine connections all across the, the way because effectively the, the built environment that we live in is a system of systems and it's all interconnected. You know, so the transport system is connected to the energy system, but that's connected to the telecom system and the water system depends on energy and telecoms. So I think you get the picture. Uh, you know, this is an amazing interconnected system of systems that we live in and that we rely on for society. And so if we can have digital twins that talk to each other, then we can understand the system better and intervene more effectively at a much bigger level, you know, at the level of a smart city, for example. Uh, and so what we were working on at the Centre for Digital Britain on the National Digital Twin Programme was this concept. And we developed the concept, we put out a, a demonstrator to prove the concept and have been uh, socialising the concept, talking about it quite a bit. What we feel is that uh, this idea of an ecosystem of connected digital twins uh, really has moved on and it's, it's starting to gain some, some serious traction and we can now imagine it actually happening. Now that you have an understanding of what a digital twin is, let's go back to the Digital Built Britain project, because it resulted in more than just an evaluation on if a digital twin city is feasible right now. It's all very well talking about the concepts, and we can get actually very excited about the concepts, but people need to see real examples, and they're going to get the example. 
at that stage, we were leading up to COP26 and the whole thing about addressing climate change. And uh, one of the things we were saying was that, you know, there's no way that you can address these big systemic challenges like achieving net zero or achieving climate resilience. You can't do that in silos. You need a systems-based solution for systems-level challenges. So we said that, and it kind of made sense, uh, but we needed to kind of put our money where our mouth was. So the example we, uh, we came up with to, uh, to kind of prove as a, as a use case was in resilience. Um, and this is about making our infrastructure more resilient to climate change. And the particular sectors we chose were water, energy and telecoms. Because it's very clear that the water sector assets are completely dependent on the energy sector assets. And the energy sector assets are completely dependent on the telecom sector assets. There's this real connection in real life between those, those sectors. Our hypothesis was that you can make better resilience decisions if you don't know just about your own assets, uh, but also if you know a little bit more about the assets on which they depend. As you said, like smart cities, it's it's like the true interconnectedness of all of these industries. So as you said, we're not just trying to deal with things in a silo. We're actually looking at how things integrate together, which that's not a new concept. Like we we've been doing that for centuries, mm-hmm. but actually applying it with the digital twins and having these digital maps that we can play with these it brings it to another level. Um, and I'm curious to know, like, how how do you think we'll start to see this if we will, as you said, it was picking up steam. Um, how do you think we'll start to see this in like everyday use? Where would you think this is going in like the next 10 years as it evolves? If you can <laughs> predict that, or what would you like to see? What we observe is that the market is really hot for digital twins at the moment. Uh, digital twins are popping up everywhere. Uh, you know, the uh, the annual growth rate of the digital twin market is huge. So we, we don't think that the market for individual digital twins uh, needs needs much encouragement. It's, it's happening anyway. But the difficult thing is making connections between the digital twins, uh, because left to itself, what the market will do is have lots of digital individual digital twins, which all speak their own language or they speak a proprietary language and can only speak to other twins which were developed by the same company. And what I think we have to do in order to get to the better future where digital twins talk to each other is have some kind of convening or connecting or coordinating at a higher level where we we agree on some standards uh, that enable digital twins to talk to each other enable this ecosystem of connected digital twins, mm-hmm. uh, which can then deliver much uh, better outcomes you know, at a high level, outcomes for people and society and nature, uh, the kind of outcomes that you, you get from the whole system working together. I think that's where the focus has to be. Uh, it's, it's kind of on the collaboration, it's on the coming together uh, so that we do get these beneficial connections. Otherwise, what we'll have is a is a kind of a dispersed system rather than a distributed system. And uh, I think what we need is a, a connected distributed system. That That's the most resilient form. So we almost need like open source digital twins, just a a way for us to actually be able to connect everything or else I guess it is all siloed anyway, even if we have the digital twins. You're exactly right. That, that, I, I think you put your finger on it. I think that's the, the exact thing. And it's interesting, isn't it, You're where, where we believe in the power of, of markets, and, and they are super powerful to 
make all sorts of really good developments and competition is is uh, a real driver in there but there's a level at which we need collaboration i think that's the argument for the bigger pie because if everyone goes off and tries to kind of grab their bit of the solution you know that they'll all be holding a small individual pie whereas what i think we want is um everyone to have a big slice um, of a much bigger shared pie a collaborative pie. A big yeah. collaborative, lovely pie, yeah. Um, <laughs> collaboration is a really good thing, but I don't think it's an easy thing. You know, this is not a soft option. This is, to my mind, something that we absolutely need uh, in order to address the big challenges that we face in this generation. This is not just a, a nice to have. I think it's essential, uh, but I don't think it's a given that we'll get there. Because, uh, like I say, it's hard uh, and it's not just a technical solution. It's a socio-technical solution. We've got to work out how to collaborate at an industry level and, and create uh, what ends up being quite a big change. feels like a bit of a utopian tool in some regards that like this idea of connectedness and collaboration to work towards um, improving society and addressing the issues that we face today. Like it's a very utopian idea. So I agree with you that it's gonna, it's not a given that we'll adopt it, especially what we've seen in recent years with how the internet has gone. But also we're moving towards like a web three world, which brings in the concept of decentralization. So I don't know, it's, <laughs> it'll be very interesting to see where digital twins go over the next few years. Yeah, yeah, I think it will be really interesting. I mean, I, I kind of hope and pray that it will end up being something that, that is more collaborative, at least at the standards level, uh, so that, that we get this kind of beneficial ecosystem. Uh, I, I don't think that there's a there's a problem around the individual digital twins. I, I really don't. You know, I, I mentioned that that you know the market is really taking off there. So you know, I, I can see that that we will get the benefit of those individual digital twins. That the the real question for me is whether or not we'll we'll get them to talk to each other and, and uh, create this uh, this ecosystem. It's hard not to see the benefit and power behind understanding how our systems function in real time. Knowledge is power, after all. Power that, if it's in the wrong hands, probably won't benefit society. That's nothing new and a topic that keeps reoccurring on this podcast. But we are moving towards a future where digital twins are becoming more integrated into our lives and planning processes. From wind turbines having various sensors related to vital functions, to Google Maps, which is just a digital twin of our transportation system. This symbiotic connection between the virtual and real is going to become more prominent as the years go by and the technology continues to develop. At the end of the day, as usual, it really comes down to who's using these tools and how we're applying the information we learn to build our future. Thank you for listening to Technality, a Narcity Media podcast. It's hosted and produced by me, Jacqueline Swan. I'd like to thank this week's guest, Mark Enzer, for joining me. To never miss out on where your future is going, subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And for more tech content, check out Technology Socials.